1: This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka
2: Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. We're talking savings, investments, and in your retirement, as always here on the Max Out Savings Show. Our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term we got a ton of stuff to talk what a, what a, a couple of weeks in the market very volatile uh and uh, you wouldn't know it if you just were looking at the uh at, at just not really paying much attention but really an extraordinary week uh, or 10 days in the market unlike we've seen in a long time and uh so you know where do we go from here we're going to be talking about that we're going to t- talking about your savings your investments uh how to deal with this very turbulent time. We had some huge uh, game changer shifts in the market over the last uh, week. Uh, and, and and I think some big trends are forming up. We're going to be discussing that. So uh, and then, uh, you know, we'll be talking some other things as well, uh, talking some about the uh, political, how that's shaping up out there. So, uh, I, you know, I always like to start the show talking about the importance of of, of saving money, uh, save aggressively, put away at least 10% plus the company match into your company's savings plan, and uh, it just b- let it build up over time. The actual research comes out about 13.5%. They've done some research. Uh, I think some of it was done at Citigroup years ago, and it's about 13%. If, so if you save 10% plus get a 3% match, that gets most people where they need to be, Uh there's no telling if you can count on social security or not. We'll see how that all works out uh you know it it, it so far it's worked out pretty well. We've been in deflationary times and, and uh interest rates have been declining for thirty years inflation's been declining for thirty years. I think that's about to change and that means you've got to plan a little bit different for your retirement going forward we 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 saw some I I I I I I really sense some real monumental shifts are are happening underneath this market. We're going to be discussing some of those later in the show, but but I but I do think uh, I I think you really have to sit there and make sure that that you're protected uh in retirement and uh and so save as much money as possible. When you're in your 50 late when you're 50s into about 65 years old, that's the time you really want to try to part, put away as much money as you can. Those are your peak saving years. You tend to make the most money then. It allows you to save more. You got a lot of different things paid off, uh, and uh, so so things that so you get some real improvements there. So that's a real opportunity. Is your your peak saving years really fifty to sixty five? Is really when you want to put away money. One of the trends we're really seeing out there is people are working longer. And uh, you know we we talk about this. Uh, you know, we get from time to time we'll pe- get people come in and they want to know when they should retire. Uh, we typically, you know, uh, we, a lot of times they come in and they, when can I retire? And the answer is right now. And then the question is, what do you want to do? And they're like, well, I kind of like working. So I'm like, well, keep working. Uh, it, it, people, what we're finding is people are, are working longer. Uh, they're, I uh, understand a married couple has about a twenty five percent chance that one of them lives to be about ninety five years old ninety three years old and it's about fifty percent that one of them lives to be uh eighty nine and so you know if if you sit there just say ninety to sixty five you're you're talking about basically twenty five more years to, at retirement so you know, if you can kick your retirement back in closer to seventy, I think most people are are much happier. The other thing we see is we we counsel people a little bit is is look, hey, what are you going to do when you retire? Uh, and if the answer is kind of you know, well, I'm just going to go play golf every day, it, it, you have to kind of go well. Look, after about the you know the 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 60th time playing the same course. <laughs> Every day or every other day, you're going to get a little bored. So you want to have a few other things you're doing. You want to have either some doing some charity work, a part time job, or, or taking a business or something. You know, some people look. There's a lot of people that can they can retire and not do anything, and they're perfectly happy. Other other people I know they 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 have to work. They have to do something. And I, I was talking to a client, a friend of mine, the other day, and it and it was like about five years ago, it's like, well, how's he doing? You know, he's, oh, well, it's not doing well. He's really doing badly. I'm not sure how much longer he's got left. Well, they they have a ranch out in uh, the hill country. And so it, the, the drought kind of hit. He's, uh oh, wow, these trees aren't going to make it unless I clear out some some stuff underneath it. So he starts clearing out all the trees underneath some of the bigger trees to try to help out to keep the trees from dying. Well, so he's working on that to try to save the trees. Well, his health starts improving, and and so now he's in great health because he's doing more. He did a lot more manual labor to you know to, to try to save the the place. And it but but it, what he found out was it it helped out with his health. So you need to do something. It's maybe go do a job, do some exercise. Some people it's exercise every day, but to do something to maintain your health. The biggest threat to your retirement. Really isn't isn't inflation. It, it, it's your health, and, and so what you want to do is you want to eat well, eat healthy. Uh, I remember I, I talked to a friend of mine who's a, a nutritionist, and and she's pretty world renowned. and 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 her comment was, "Look, it's not that you can't have any bad food, but you just have to have things in moderation, and and, and so I have to understand that. And the reason you do that is." The healthier you eat, the longer life you're likely to live. But More importantly, the healthier you are, the less you're going to have to spend on medical costs, which is a huge savings and a huge hit on your retirement. So it's not only quality of life, but it's it's, it's your financial net worth that is infected, affected by, by health care costs. I mean, some of these health care costs, you know, it, it's just horror stories. People go in for, a you know, a common cold or something, and they give them a couple IVs, and they walk out of the hospital with a— you know $5,000 bill and and so you just have to be real careful. So understand when it comes to retirement it's not just you're you're managing your retirement assets, it's managing your health and managing your life. And and the people that do that and spend a lot of time doing that seem to be Seem to be more healthy, and and they seem to do better. And so, have a plan for retirement. Don't just have a financial plan, but have a life plan for retirement. that includes what am I going to do? Where am I going to live? Uh you know, what type of lifestyle do I want? What type of house do I want? I mean, the, one of the more fascinating things yeah, over 25 years in in helping retirees. Here in Houston, one of the things that has been more fascinating to me has really been people don't leave. You know, like we're retiring. Oh, we're retiring to North Carolina. We're retiring to Georgia. Uh, we're retiring to uh, you know uh, New Mexico. We're retiring to uh, some of them in the hill country. They, a lot. I'm amazed how many people come back. They get bored. They come back. They want to see their friends and. and and particularly after just going through a brutal summer, you know how miserable it is here. But people are, tend to be pretty happy here in Houston, Texas. I mean, it, it, it's pretty remarkable. I, I, I talked to a friend of mine, a top-level executive at Exxon, and, you know, we're talking about stuff. And they had to bring a lot of people in from all over the country, you know, over the years when they've moved stuff down here. And I said, yeah, it's kind of always the same thing. People complain they they won't want to move down here. It's a complete disaster. And then... And then after two, two, three years in Houston, you can't get them out of here. It, 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 it's basically true. And so, you know, you can have some fun things. Some of the trends we're seeing: we're seeing people moving out of the inner city in Houston, moving out more to the suburbs to reduce cost. A lot of that has to do with uh, downsizing of their home when the kids are gone. And the other really big one is is they're kind of tired of paying all the big property taxes. And 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 so that's one of the trends we're seeing. We're seeing some people move into a smaller place, a townhouse inside into the town. Uh, we're seeing some of that as well, just to be in closer. But 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 the downsizing, a lot of it is really more than anything else. I think people are kind of happy with their bigger house, even though they can't use all the stuff. It really is. You start looking at the cost of the house, the utilities, the, the taxes have gotten so high. One of the big trends out there has been kind of downsizing. Uh, that's kind of a microcosm of what's going on in the country. I just saw a, a thing that Carl Icahn is moving from uh, New York, New Jersey area. He's rumored to be moving down to Florida because of the taxes. And a lot of these big, wealthy uh, 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 people are moving out of New York just because the taxes are just getting so ridiculous up there that that they can't justify it. And so in a microcosm, that's happening a little bit in Houston. But those are some of the big trends we're seeing move to smaller houses, moving to cut the taxes, really not a big trend to leave Houston. Uh, uh, There is a big trend out there to get a country home, to stay in the country home, be it in the Hill Country, be it in Colorado, be it New Mexico, you know, where they go out there for uh, two, three weeks, a month at a time, and then come back to Houston. Seems to be in August, and I wonder why. Uh, but uh, th- that's one of the bigger trends. But we don't really see the people moving out there and staying out there. They tend to it, it tends to be they come back, and oftentimes they'll have the vacation home, and the family uses it during the year type of thing. Th- that that's a big trend. Uh, it's not in New York, uh, up up on the East Coast. They tend to all move to Florida when they retire. We don't really. That's one of the trends we're just not seeing here in Houston, Texas. And, and and again, I think it goes to the quality of life in Houston, which is, for all practical purposes, is pretty good, very inexpensive. You know, the restaurants, we've got one of the best restaurant and food scenes in the United States of America. This is, this is the most international major city in the United States of America. A lot of people don't know that. Ryan, did you know that? No. Yeah. See, it is. It's true. Everybody thinks it's New York. No, it's Houston. So, we have people from all over the world come in. Well, what's happened is these people from all over the world come in Houston and they open a restaurant. And the, some of these re, fantastic restaurants and everything, Vietnamese, Chinese, uh, Greek, I mean, you just the, – the thing goes on and on and on. But the amazing thing is it's phenomenally good food that uh, compares with any anywhere on the East Coast and the West Coast. And the cost to the food down here is so much cheaper. I mean, you can go out uh, to get uh, just uh, what in a lot of other places is pretty darn near a world-class restaurant and walk out of there with a pretty reasonable bill in Houston, Texas. And and so a lot of things. So one of the big people just like Houston. It, it works. And, uh, and, and and so that that's exciting. So that those are some of the trends. But understand, one of the things I want to bring this up is understand that in the world today you have to have a financial plan, which we do at Max Out Savings, kinda of help you with that and manage your retirement, but you also have to have a life plan to kind of understand where you want to go and and understand. We, we we see people we see people move to Mexico, they move back. I mean, it's just all types of things and but have some type of plan. And and also look at the cost and understand the different costs. And just by moving around you can you can cut your cost. But the neat thing about Houston is you can be retired here in Houston, Texas, live a very inexpensive lifestyle, and we've got, basically, you can be almost anywhere in the country real quick, almost anywhere real quickly, just jump on a plane, and, and so it's a good place to, to be for retirement. So anyway, uh, this is a live show here in Houston, Texas. Uh, you also can listen live uh, at the, go to the website, AM 1070, The Answer. Just Google KNTH 1070, and it'll take you to the website. Hit the listen live button. You can listen anywhere in the world. We've got a lot of listeners listening in every weekend. We have podcasts come in. I use typically on Monday, you go to the podcast section, and you you can find us there. Uh, So, a lot of ways to participate. Also, on Saturday or Sunday, I think we're there at 3 o'clock. But now we're live, and you can give us a call at 713 339 1070. Ask about your retirement, about the markets. Uh, Any questions you might have, give us a call, and we'll be right back right here on the Max Out Saving Show.
1: If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. schydraulics.com Hi, I'm
3: Sam Malone. You know me as the host of the morning show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media.
2: If you have any questions or comments, you give us a call at 713-339-1070. We have, we have some big developers we'll be talking about here later in the show as well. Let's take a call from Julia. Hey, Julia, how are you doing?
4: Uh, doing well, thank you, and uh, good morning, Ted. Uh, I am. Uh, I have a question on AT and T stocks. Mm-hmm. As we may have uh, known that uh, on September 9th, Eliot Management announced that you know they bought three point two billion AT yes, and T stocks, and yeah. want AT and T to follow. All the recommendations. What's
2: your take on this? That's a great question, Julia. Look, I've been real suspicious of, of AT and T. I think they they bought time they bought Dish and overpaid on it, and then they bought Time Warner. And I don't see how it's gonna it's gonna be hard for them to pull that all together. And then they have a, an enormous amount of debt, well over a hundred billion dollars worth of debt, and and I think they were in real trouble. I think. At a minimum, this is going to push the company to get serious about reducing the debt and straightening the company out. And, and so it's. Pro- I, I view this as a positive. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'd buy it up here, but I, I think if I own it, I would probably hold it because I think this is going to light a fire under 18 to get serious. I know the phone company to some extent just because I've, I you know, uh, years back, I was actually uh, on the board, actually as chairman of a of a incumbent phone company in ILAC, in. Yeah, and so AT&T tends to be pretty efficient when we were competing against and They were pretty inefficient. But I think they're improving. But this is going to light a fire on them. So I think it's a real positive, Julia. Okay.
4: Okay. So if I, you know, I have some AT&T stocks, just hold on hold to it right now? Yeah,
2: I would. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I, I think they're serious. It's under-owned by institutions. The public owns a lot of this because of the dividend. But I, I think you're going to see more institutions starting to get in. Uh, Verizon's done a much better job of it. But people are concerned about the debt. But if they, if they if they start thinking that debt is safe and they get that debt down, then it then it's going to be a pretty good play. So,
4: uh, so since I have you on the phone, uh, which one's better, AT and T or Verizon? I think the Verizon price is kind of you know overpriced.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I'd go with AT and T here. Okay. Yeah, All Paul right. Singer's group should do a. You know, they're, they're they're pretty thorough on stuff. I'm not sure you get to sixty dollars, but. Now, keep in mind, part of that's the dividend, but if it just you buy it here and you and you just collect the dividends, you do pretty well. Okay, thank you so much, Ted. Yeah, thanks, Julie. Yeah, good question. Look, I think for all the whole people that hold the AT and T, we have some clients who have some too. Uh, I think this is a real positive for the first time on AT and T. So, let's take a call from Bill. Hey, Bill, how you doing?
4: Good. Uh, thanks, Ted, for taking my call. The question I have is, uh, I noticed there's a I'd call it sizable increase. Uh, what, about 25 basis point on the 10-year Treasury. What do you make of that?
2: Well, well you know, I tell you what. Uh, again, great questions. Uh, look, I, I'm looking at that, and and what I'm seeing on the 10-year Treasury is this is the third time it's since 2012. It's bounced off about the 1.4 level, you know, give or take 1.35, 1.45 area. And if it holds here, to me, that's a big uh, a sign that maybe we've seen the bottom in interest rates. Now, maybe we haven't, but uh, but but that's a pretty big swing. I think they caught everybody going the wrong way, and I think where this is coming from, Bill, is the uh, I don't know if, a couple a number of weeks back after the G seven meeting, the G seven meeting happened, and we said, look. We didn't think it went that as badly to the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN. Oh, a disaster. Everybody hated Donald Trump, a usual debacle for the United States. But if you listen to what they were saying out of that meeting, there didn't seem to be that there didn't seem to be a lot of record at, at, at that meeting. It really seemed to be like they got something. And what I think was was agreed and this went before at the Jackson Hole meeting is a couple of things it came out is, look. We can't take the world into negative interest rates. It's going to be a disaster, and it's going to dismantle the financial system. Europe is in trouble. What are we going to do? And the only alternative is they're going to have to engage in fiscal spending over there, infrastructure spending, different types of things. I think there was some type of deal made to try not to cut rate. They cut the the rates. Uh, draki cut rates about one tenth of a percent, ten basis points, down to negative point five. He's leaving. Lagarde's coming in. Lagarde was a finance minister, head of the IMF. She knows how to restructure things, and she knows they're going to have to engage in fiscal spending. Realize Germany for the last three or four years has had a surplus. It, as their economies are sinking. So Germany is going to have to engage in fiscal. They're going to try to do a fiscal spinning, maybe a restructuring of Europe, which could be more bullish. I think this is why you saw that push back up in the rates, which is a huge move, by the way. Uh, rates this week. I, I give you an example here. Uh, rates this week were up 26 percent on the 10-year bond. Think about that, right. In what, which is huge. And so that, that's what I think is behind this. Uh, and so I don't think they... I think it's probably stabilizes here for a while, maybe drifts back a little bit. But I, something is going on behind the scenes that's triggering this, and I think that's what it is. Uh, this is, by the way, you also saw the shift from momentum to value, and I think that's got something to do with it. They're going to try to restart the world's economy or at least prevent everything from falling back, but the Europeans have got to carry their weight.
4: Well, if... Um you, know, you I think it's a pretty gone conclusion that the Fed will lower rent, uh, rates this month. And then I saw a blog this morning that uh, Trump is calling for zero interest rates. So uh, we've got to remember we got an election coming up next year, and how is this all going to affect? That would put more down pressure on it, on the rates, interest rates, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, I, I think so, but... But keep in mind, if the Europeans don't go as negative as they say, if they engage in, in fiscal spending, it's going to push the dollar – it's going to push Europe, up, push the dollar down some, which is what Trump really wants. And what why he's pushing so hard at interest rates, I'm pretty convinced of, is he's trying to get the dollar down. So that's short-term rates. But I think – I'm not convinced that we're just going to go to you know, to negative or even – New lows on the ten-year. We might, but I, I think this. I think, I think we start saw a seismic shift, and it remains to be seen over the next number of months. But I think we saw a seismic shift in the last couple weeks after the G seven.
4: Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, for your, Thanks for your input, Ted.
2: Okay. Thanks a lot. You know, yeah the yep yeah, keep in mind the short term rates could k- still go to zero on the fed funds i think they want to hold some back in case the economy I mean, keep it again three point seven percent unemployment remember we had a i, I want to say what was it a two point four uh maybe a two uh, i forgot what it was a two point three uh uh core cpi number this week which was which you know again we're seeing more inflation out there so it's real difficult to cut rates with three point seven percent unemployment and that uh, that type of CPI going over two percent, so we'll have to just see. Uh, a couple. Uh, look, a big story coming, up, real big story coming up here. Oh, let me see if I can pronounce this. Uh, this is this is actually very important. Uh, this just happened, and so we're going to run it by you right now. Uh, the where is it right here? The in Saudi Arabia, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 they have the war the. They've attacked some of this. The Yemeni rebels have attacked using drones a number of of, of oil facilities, including the the Bukaya facility, which basically is one of the largest oil exporting operations in the world. And they think they could have cut 50 percent of the of the oil exports coming out of Saudi Arabia with this. I mean, it it, it just doesn't look good at all. Uh, It it just massive fires over there. And so... uh, We'll have to see what this does to oil prices. Uh, this is not good. The Saudis are going to be furious. They're going to blame Iran for this situation, and this whole thing could get nasty over there real quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, and here it even says that uh, they're likely to blame Iran. Yeah, and so, but this is something I, I think we want to watch closely. Uh, but that the word that out there right now is is that it's uh, they they shut they they've shut in about half of the the. Uh, there is uh the exports out of Saudi Arabia. So well, this will be very interesting for oil prices uh right now. Uh production shutdown uh amounts to a loss of five million barrels a day uh in 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 and so they they produce a little under ten million barrels. So uh this is this could be, you know, five percent of the global production could be shut down in oil. This is something we want to watch real closely over the weekend Monday morning for oil. Or oil prices a couple thoughts. There, there was an interesting article in the Journal this week about the lingo coming out of the fracking companies. And, it, it, you know, I'm kind of disappointed to see this news because we're really trying to buy some of these things in here, and it's been real difficult the last week to deal with them because it just so much money suddenly flooded in because of this uh, momentum value shift. But some of the lingo coming out of the fracking conference calls has changed, whereas last year the... Uh, the call. The, a lot of the talks was we're ramping up production, new highs in production, uh, it, it, uh, those type of things. And 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 what we're seeing now is 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 been more of of a, a, a shift. So when they do the conference calls, the the analysts talk, and when the Wall Street Journal, what they did is they analyzed the calls to see what type of words they were using. The, this is the sh- the difference instead of ramp up production, new highs in production, growing production. They're talking about free cash flow, deliver free cash flow. They're they're talking about capital discipline and live within the cash flow. It, and so, what people, what 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 institutions are looking for is they want to hear companies that are like, hey, we're making money, we have free cash flow. They're they're, they're tired of 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 the shale companies. Uh, drilling wells, borrowing more money, drilling more wells and borrowing more money and drilling more wells, and the debt just keeps going up with, with the production. What they want to see is, is the debt stay the same and production go up some or at least stay about the same with free cash flow, which means they're making money. And be, and, and what this tells me is a couple things. That the uh, the lending capacity, the, 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 the shale companies, a lot of them have reached their lending capacity It also tells me that things are tightening up in the sector overall uh, credit conditions. And so these companies, they're cutting back on the number of drilling. They're drilling less wells and the other big trend out there is that they were drilling them more and more closer together, but they're finding that there that, that was communication between the wells. And so they would drill – they'd have two wells, and they'd drill another well between the two of them. And then, well, that well would come in pretty good, but then the production would drop on the, other, the two older wells. And, and so there's a lot of maximizing cash flow now maximizing returns in the industry versus maximizing production. And this is very bullish. Uh one of the calls we listened to, you know, they, they comment was, Well we we we've held the area by production. This is the other big thing is so they drill enough wells to hold the the, the, the acreage in in with production so they don't have to drill any more wells and now they're cutting back. So this is what we're seeing a little bit of slowdown out there on that sector. Uh yeah and uh what, the, the stocks have sold way off. We'll see what happens Monday morning. I mean, this is not a good situation over in Saudi Arabia, and the thing that concerns me a little bit is is what's going on with uh, with the uh, you know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I I I think it's real hard for Saudi Arabia to take this type of attack and then have Iran sitting over there because remember they're cutting off. So this is this is starting to be a really hot war between Iran and. Uh, in uh, Saudi Arabia. I, and, and the problem is, is, you know, where does Saudi Arabia draw the line? Clearly, uh, the, 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 uh, Iran helped Yemen do this. So, if you've got some other country that you give them a bunch of stuff and help them attack the other person, you know, eventually it's going to come back to you. So, uh, interesting to see what's going to happen over the weekend, this, but very big story. So, what else do I want to cover? We'll cover the, mar- oh, oh my gosh, the debates. <laughs> What I mean, what can I say there? I mean, that was just, it, it, it was, th- that was just amazing to me. I, I watched some of it, and the guy, I, I watched like 15 minutes, and I couldn't, I had to turn it off. It was just so ridiculous. A friend of mine made the comment, they felt it was like watching a bunch of high school kids that were running for student council president up there it was so bad. It, 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 it. And the worst was Beto. He... Beto, he's a Texan, and he's going on about he gets up there and in and, 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 and tells everyone, "I'm coming after your your ARs." And, and, and so this guy came, what's his name, Briscoe Kane, Uh I think he's out of Deer Park. Uh, so Be- Beto goes, uh, "You know, yes, I'm I'm going to take your AR." So so Briscoe Cain, a state representative out of Deer Park, comes back and says, "My my AR is ready for you, Beto." Robert Francis, which is it's Robert Francis O'Rourke is his name. I mean, honestly, I'd just like to say I don't have an AR, but I'd like to get an AR just so my AR is ready for you, Robert Francis Beto, myself. I mean, honestly, I think it's going to trigger people to buy AR-15 just so they can make the comment, my AR is ready for you, Robert Francis. I think you could see T-shirts come out on that. I mean, it's just, it's astonishing. I mean, how does a guy from Texas you know, Beto, how does he make these stupid ass remarks about this type of stuff? I mean, it's just unbelievable to me. The guy is sitting in El Paso. There's about 30,000 people are going to be killed, you in know, in, in Mexico. Mexico has real tough gun laws. If you want to go bird hunting in Mexico, it's just, it takes almost an act of Congress to get your shotguns in there. Or typically people go in and borrow the guns because it's so hard to even get a shotgun into Mexico. Yet, About 30,000 people are going to be killed in Mexico. They have less than half the population in the United States, well less. That means it'd be like over 60, 60, 70,000 people being killed in the United States, and they have Very tough gun laws. So clearly, the gun laws have done nothing. This idiot sits down there and says this, and goes around and I could see if the guy was from New York City or something. But really, I mean, honestly, he should be stripped of his Texas citizenship. So I will back. I will back Briscoe Kane. If I had an AR, it would be ready for you, Robert Francis. So there you go. That's what I think of Beto. Unbelievable. Tell you what. Ryan's just looking at me right now, so uh, we're going to take a break. But if you have any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1079. Now, afterwards, we're going to be talking about these markets. Some really big things happened in the markets. We touched a little bit on it with, the, with, with what's happening interest rates. Massive shift between momentum and value. What does that mean? It probably means a lot more than people realize. We'll be talking about that right after the break right here on the Max Out Saving Show. Make, a home. Make
3: a home. As a train flew out of Boston, this whole world passed him by. He said, I spent a lifetime running, and now's my time to try. I can't find someone old hold me. My dreams are sure to die.
1: Ted Gioka and the Max Out Savings Show continue after this short break. To find out more about Max Out Savings Advisors, visit maxoutsavings.com.
2: If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com.
1: Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money.
2: Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. So, here we are talking saving and investment. But you know, now that now that I think about it, I think uh, we have our ranch. I think I'm the only person that doesn't have an AR. I mean, it's I, I, in all seriousness. I think everybody around me does. It's like, you know, I've like lost face. I might need to buy one, and uh, so. Uh, But I I was just amazed that uh, Beto O'Rourke is threatening gun owners in Texas. I mean, it's just, I don't know who he thinks. I mean, it's like he lost his mind or something. And, uh, you know, that's just incredible. Uh, Markets this week, what happened? Look, there's a couple things going on here. In the last 10 days, value stocks have jumped way up. And uh, momentum stocks have plunged and i don't think that's a that's pretty much what happened the the growth stocks went down about 10% and the value stocks went up about 7% at the same time and so which means growth stocks went down 10% value went up up 7 look oftentimes you'll see these moves the last two or three weeks of the, of the year as as institutions shift over and and they'll either uh, or, or right at the first of the year. Sometimes it's right at the first week or two. Of the of it, It's it's within two weeks before the end of the year, two weeks at the beginning of the new year. It You'll see a shift where everybody dumps their value stocks now that the new year has started or the stocks that have gone way up and then they buy the ones that have gone way down, figuring they'll go up the year before. And, and, and oftentimes at the year end, you get some really good deals because they'll be dumping the cheap stocks because no one wants them in the portfolio. And then you can go swoop in and, and make a bunch of money, which is what we did last year. It but but for it to happen in September was is really unique. Uh this was the biggest move in I one one group said the biggest move within thirty years like this. Another one said that uh pure a pure momentum portfolio where you buy high the highest return stocks and short the worst return stocks had the worst 10-day period in over a decade. And, and so this was a massive shift. A number of people said there's only been a couple times in 2008 and eight and nine when this happened in 1999, which were both just extremely volatile market uh, areas. Uh, so, so it, again, a crash in in momentum in, in, in and in a surge up in volume. Now, a couple thoughts on that. Uh, the... ETFs, the passive investing S&P 500 tends to concentrate more momentum stocks in it than value stocks just because it's, 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 uh, capital, uh, market cap weighted, which means the bigger stocks have more percentage, which is why Apple computer is usually the biggest one in the portfolio, the biggest one in the S&P 500. So right now, for the first time, passive index investing has exceeded, uh, Active investing, and maybe this is a a shot across the bow of passive investing and momentum investing that it's come to an end. If you look, Goldman Sachs did some research and said, "Look, these things typically don't last, you know, for five or six days, and then it's over. They tend to go on." And and they pointed to 1999, kind of a shift. And so I think this is the bigger deal than people realize. I think it's signaling a shift in the market to value to more uh, value. Versus, and I think it's coming to the end of the growth sector. Uh, we had the Smile Direct Club came out. I think they priced the stock at at, at uh, $23. It was down about 18 eighteen and a half. It was a complete collapse. It was supposedly thirteen times oversubscribed and the stock dropped eighteen percent. So the people that bought it on the new offering were down eighteen percent immediately. That's real unusual. The WeWorks was supposed to come at forty million dollar market cap billion and they're not talking about it at a at a fifteen billion a ten billion dollar market cap. I, I think I think this is I think this is a bigger shift and more concerning. I'd be very concerned about momentum stocks. I think it's over there. Uh, I I think the the value stocks are coming back. I, I think we're seeing a shift where the Europeans are going to try to restart their economy. So I think you're seeing this massive shift out there. And, and so and I, I would be a little bit concerned with indexing overall here. Uh, you know, I think right now your better bets are really the cyclical, the beaten down cyclicals the value stocks in here because if the economy covers they're going to do really well if it doesn't they're already beaten up pretty badly and, and they're going to come in on top of the momentum stocks in a huge way and, and so i think this is signaling a huge shift that we're going to be working out uh, going forward so let's take a call here from charles hey charles how you doing
3: uh good morning. Uh yeah, I had a I just wonder maybe you touched on this cuz I'm just tuning in but uh, uh your outlook on gold. First of all, have we seen the highs and number 2 uh with respect to the Permian basin uh and I guess specifically companies like well maybe oxy what what is your outlook on that uh going forward
2: well look i think the gold and silver i think we're in a corrective phase uh i i think this is the next move up in the of a 20-year bull market probably the final move up uh and, and so i think this is a correction in that move so i i think it corrects maybe a little bit more stabilizing than moves up over the next year or two
4: okay and then, uh, as
3: far as the Permian and all goes, do you think uh, we're going to be in a couple of years of this, or do you think, uh, uh, like Occidental, I know they they seem to be a big holder in that area. Do you think you see a lot of cutback going on there? Or what, what, what I think is?
2: it's already happening. I mean, I, I saw someone make a bullish case, a value guy for Oxy, basically stating, look, you know, they they were the stock was uh, I think seventy or. or dollars or something. And when they bought the company, now it's 80. So pretty much you're getting the valuation down and you're getting uh, uh, that, that that they came in on the whole deal. I mean, clearly <laughs> a couple of things, they overpaid for it, but the stock price has gone down. I think they've got, uh, Anadarko had some phenomenally good assets. It's really sad that Chevron couldn't get it. Uh, I, I think they work through it. I think there's even a possibility someone comes in on top, top of Oxy and buys the whole thing out.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: So, all right. yeah, oh. uh, but uh, to your other question on the Permian, look, I think they're going to continue to rationalize the Permian. I think they're going to slow it down. Uh, I think they're just going to drill for cash flow going forward on all of these things. It, it's interesting. In the same journal article I, I referenced earlier in the show, that the, the they have the different basins, and all the other basins out there are losing rigs, and, and they're holding up better. And, and actually, uh, they're they're actually gaining a few rigs in the Permian, so the Permian's going to continue is the, still the best place to go. And it, it's a very long long lived area. What we need to do with all these companies, they have to get positive cash flow uh, Charles, It's going to be really interesting to see what happens Monday morning. I mean, this is a pretty serious event in Saudi Arabia.
3: Yeah, and and, and then as far as natural gas, I mean. I I guess we're just a wash that stuff, right? I yeah, uh,
2: yeah, here's my thinking. I think you're going to get a cold winter come up. And you uh-huh. get a cold winter, that's going to take a lot of that gas out of there. Uh some of them, there's a lot of constrained gas in the per in the Permian that's going to come off, so it's going to be low. Uh but you know, it, it's good for a lot of the chemical companies. Uh but I do think you're going to see it move up some. It's real hard to make money on gas at $2 an MCF. I, yeah. I I remember we, we you know, I drilled some wells years ago, and and, and and so I watched the market. It, this was like in the maybe 90s or something. If $2 gas would have been a debacle, and that was like 10 years ago. I mean, this is, these are very low prices.
3: Right, so, right. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the insight. Okay.
2: Thanks. Thanks, Charles. And by the way, natural gas has popped up because so many hedge funds were shorted, and so you've seen it jump up to the 240 level, which is somewhat of an improvement. Uh, anyway, last segment of the show. If you want to get in here, you can get in here pretty quickly, 713-339-1070 here in the Max Out Savings Show. Uh, again, talking a little bit about this huge drop, a very unusual market. I, I think one one day this week, I remember the market was up 25 points, and I looked at my screen, and I had an enormous number of stocks down 3 4 and 5%. And then I had another... Enormous number of, of of stocks on our our screen that were up three four five percent. So, it, it, I had a huge number of stocks up big and a huge number of stocks down big. That's something you rarely see. And the market was about even. So, if you looked at the at the market average today, you say, "Well, nothing happened. Pretty quiet day." No, it was a, one of the most volatile days. It was probably one of the most volatile days. I'd say. If you take away when the, quote, the financial system was going to collapse in, in 1980, uh, 2009, I would say it was the most volatile d- uh, day in in uh, 10 year in a decade. Yeah, actually, so it takes it out of that. Yeah, that was probably the most volatile day in a decade internally in the stock market, which was really extraordinary. And again, when you see big moves like this, that means something is happening. This, You know, we, we've had a couple, excuse me, a couple moves uh, we sort of saw the 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 collapse of some of these the the IPOs with Uber and and uh Lyft and those uh, we talked about that a number of months back now here we are with WeWorks and the same thing is happening and then we get the Smile Direct club that's a really negative thing when you get a deal quote 13 times uh that subs- It was supposed to be 19 to 22 range. It comes at 23. Everything's looking good and the stock immediately collapsed down 18% in one day. That's a massive warning sign that there's problems out there. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with value, with momentum stocks, with these private equity. I think you're seeing a complete revaluation in the private equity. The interesting thing is Softbank which is the big Japanese company is a big investor in WeWorks and so when it was going to come, when it was supposed to come at 40 billion well now they're talking 10 to 20 billion well Softbank goes no we don't want you to go public and the reason why is they're going to have to take a big write down on this thing now rumor was Fidelity a number of months back took a uh, a big write down in in the reworks investment or mark. Didn't, I'm not saying they're a write down, but they marked it down to about 20 billion market cap, and so what this t- is telling me, and we had the same discussion here, and this is very important. Uh, the same discussion uh, a couple months back on on the Uber deal is a lot of these guys that are investing in these companies. Are investing them at higher prices, and they're coming out now, which means there's been a real bubble in private equity, and I think that's starting to come over. We're seeing it with WeWorks, and the fact that it now came over to the Smile Direct Club collapsing is this—it's starting to come into the market. And right about the same time, you saw that happen. You see, it, you saw the complete collapse of the momentum stocks. So. I think you got to be real careful. I think it's probably put a top in those sectors. I think the, I, th- I think you got a bottom, or at least the values over the next couple of years in active management are going to way outperform most of the stuff. And understand the momentum stocks is where all the in, the the ETF money is piled into just by the by the nature of of how the ETFs are structured on a market cap basis. So the the, the, e- the passive investing is now the biggest chunk of the market. And, and, and the only thing really holding up the stock market are the big stock buyback programs. So this is going to put a lot more risk in the market. You're going to have to be a much better stock picker in a value picker going forward. And I think we're seeing a seismic shift. This is something we've been talking about for a, a number of months now. I think you're seeing the end of indexing, the end of passive indexing. It's the biggest part of the market now. The stocks that are the main components that are starting to blow up out there. And so it's, you're see, going to see a shift to, to active investing. And I think for the next decade, that's going to be the best place to be as actively investors, active investing, which is kind of what we do, but, but, and I do think to think. And the other big shift out there is we've seen a big shift here this week, uh, really, of it looks like Europe is going to start spending money. That could stabilize the world economy and be good for some of the value, the cyclical stocks. That also could mean that we might not see rates go as low as everybody thinks. That's why we saw uh, the 10-year treasury rate jump up the yield, the, the yield 26% in one week. I'm going to repeat that. The yield on the 10-year treasury went up 26%. Now it it went from about 1.45 to 1.9. Well, that's that's still a, a 1.9%. That's a massive earthquake type of move. So big things uh, if you just looked at the indexes, it didn't look. Market looks like they're near high. Everything looks great underneath it. A lot of major changes are happening. They're going to affect things going forward. I think you've got to continue to have your guard up and just be cautious in this market overall. And understand that things are. Sh- you're seeing the big shift. You're seeing the end of the deflation era, the beginning of the inflation era. You're seeing the, the peaking of the dollar most likely. You're seeing other the, the attempt to push down the dollar to try to help out exports probably saw some type of deal with Donald Trump in the Europeans is hey, we're not gonna put tariffs on if you guys will try to do some fiscal spending in Germany. So a lot of things behind the scene that you're not hearing about, and we're trying to take them to, bring them to you here today. So a couple other things. We're gonna we talk about this and write a lot about this in the Max Out Savings Report. It comes out once a month and we're writing it today. We've been writing it uh it, it talks about all types of interesting things from what, what happened uh, with, with, in the world today with these big momentum moves to uh, common 401k mistakes, all types of neat things in the report. We try to take complex issues and make them pretty simple for you. Go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. You can sign up for the free report, free Max Out Savings report. If you want, you can request an appointment with me and I'll sit down with you. We'll take a look at your financial situation do a little financial plan to see how you're set for retirement and show you how we manage money using our value investing approach to the stock and bond market. So we do a lot of risk analysis to try to protect your portfolio. So if you need some help, go to the website, at least sign up for the free report. It's free. We're not going to bother you. It's a private list. We just send out the the report once a month. Uh, Just go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. Well, coming up on the end of the show here, remember our motto and our philosophy, which is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. Save aggressively and invest conservatively. Well, that's about it. I hope everyone has a great week. I think we've got some Hayes Carl playing. He's coming in town next week. Uh, I think he's playing at the Carbot Brewery or something. Anyway, well, tell you what, I hope everyone has a great weekend. We'll see you next weekend right here on the Max Out Saving Show.
3: You're nobody's business, or your front page news, folk rock, country, or Delta blues. Tell your truth however you choose, and do it all for the sake of the song.
1: This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca on AM 1070, The Answer.